0: taking up a variety of topics as diverse as working from home to sporting events, to the role of the board of directors, to crisis management, to the role of supply chains. We will look at all of these in this podcast. If you have a topic you'd like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd be happy to do a podcast on it. In this episode, I visit with Melissa Koch. Melissa is one of the co-founders and the president of InFront Compliance, a compliance company dealing with cybersecurity. She talks about the platformizing of compliance and how this can be utilized to perform compliance during coronavirus and indeed beyond. It's a fascinating exploration. I know you'll enjoy it. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode, and today I have with me Melissa Koch. Melissa is the co-founder and current CEO at InFront Compliance. We recently recorded a podcast where she talked about some of the uh, tool strategies and techniques that she and her company use, and she had some really interesting uh strategies around the current coronavirus health crisis the economic dislocation and how uh, both her company and herself are helping companies not only think through where we are now but more importantly think through going forward so melissa with that incredibly long-winded introduction first of all welcome and thanks for taking the time to visit with me again
1: well, thank you for having me, Tom. I'm delighted to be back.
0: So in the, your area of compliance, are there, two, are there some uh, common questions or some uh, key questions that you are getting from your client base at this point in time?
1: Most certainly, we're seeing a lot of inquiries around cybersecurity. As you can imagine, uh, work looks a lot different for many people than it did just eight weeks ago now. And so, cyber cybersecurity and cybersecurity compliance is top of mind for almost every organization that we speak to, especially since there's been a lot of changes in, in how to effectuate compliance. So, from our perspective, uh, we take an approach of, of platformizing or or doing compliance um, via via a platform uh, as another way to say it, instead of the more traditional emailing spreadsheets or sitting around a conference room um, going through requirements. So having the flexibility and and the nimbleness to be able to understand that you need requirements and then having uh, tools to support you to make sure that you're getting the insights and transparency that you need around compliance has become top of mind for many of the organizations we work with.
0: In terms of platformizing What's the some of the key issues around having a, a secure login, secure digital login, or two-factor authentication login? What, what do you really suggest if a company is going to go to platformizing? And I love that phrase. You also just gave me the title of this podcast again. What's the best way to, to protect the gate from being opened?
1: So that's an excellent question. And I think that goes to trust, right? So when we talked last time, we talked a lot about trust. So being able to make sure that um, when you think through the platforms that you engage with, and when I say platforms, that could be everything from software to anything else that you access and utilize online that requires logins, including usernames and passwords and other authentication. So the, the Parts that I wanna kind of plant seeds around for people to think about is to look critically at the kinds of information that you are sharing on that platform so that you can make informed decisions as to whether or not the security protocol around that platform meets your criteria. So at, at the very minimum, you certainly want a secure username and passwords. You wanna make sure that if it's if it's a SaaS platform that it's secure. So instead of HTTP, it's HTTPS as you're logging in and make sure that you have um, that as your prefix for your online SaaS services if you're a subscriber in that fashion. And also take a look at the, the privacy policy, the terms of use, terms of service, and if, if your service provider has published trust centers or published security standards, that's a great way to get an indicator of that provider's security practices before you engage with them.
0: I have to admit that the Trust Center on a website I did not know about until I began to research um, you guys. So I found that to be really interesting. Uh, I was very intrigued by the name Trust Center, but also that you put that information out, not just for your clients and customers, but literally on your website for the world to see. Why is that so important to infront?
1: It's so important because that, that's in our DNA. So our platform has been built by two lawyers. So being able to create a platform, and, and I know you're smiling because that's, that's part of your background too, but to be able to be proactive on that front and, and send a strong signal that this is something that we take very seriously, um, there's no reason for us to hide it. Um, we, we put it out there. We publish it. We make sure that our customers know um, what it is that we do to proact proactively secure the platform and make sure that their 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 information and their interactions with us are secure
0: one of the key themes that i'm hearing in this podcast series is around your third parties both on the sales side and the supply chain side and whereas previously companies were much more concerned about efficiencies in the supply chain now they're concerned about uh, i don't want to say diversity but uh if uh, business resiliency in the supply chain in a way they had not thought about before, how do you help your clients think through the bil- business resiliency issue in your supply chain?
1: That's that's another excellent question, especially right now. So, when we talk about resiliency, we really mean the ability to, to fend off threats or to bounce back quickly um, when your business has been impacted. And for us at InFront, um, we 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 help in a number of ways on that. So for us, we provide a tool that enables organizations to manage their compliance, not only internally, but with their third party vendors. So it's a way to get transparency and sight lines from a compliance perspective into both of those venues. So when you talk about resiliency, the, the ability to, to protect yourself or to bounce back quickly. Again, if, if. You can't see a problem. You can't save yourself from a problem. And so being able to use assessments like we provide and reporting tools like we provide, you're getting those sight lines. You're building the trust. You have a better ability to make an informed decision as to who you do business with and where the risks lie in your business. So when you have unexpected situations like we've had with covid where you're relying on your third parties, if all of a sudden you're moving your workforce Remote and virtual, um, you have a better way to understand kind of what the r- risk profile is. If you need to change that, if you need to make modifications, or if you need to take internal measures to to better to better support your your IT infrastructure and better protect your IT infrastructure, so that you have more flexibility in who you work with. It's all about informed decision making and having the communication tools that give you the information you need.
0: You you many of your clients are in uh, regulated industry space and. Uh, one of the things that uh, I am following is the regulatory environment uh, in your space. What mm-hmm. are the regulators communicating? Are they communicating we're going to enforce, we're going to discuss, or is it perhaps something different?
1: So well, I think the most the, the most different that we are seeing um, in the space is coming from the Department of Defense and the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification. Framework that the DoD has released. Um, they're currently on version 1.2. Um, they released version 1.0 back in January. And unlike the NIST 800-171 standard that, that organizations could use for IT security and self-certify against, CMMC is, is going is going to be required to be third party audited. So you're going to have to have an independent third party audit you in order to be able to do business with the DOD. That's going to affect 330,000 DOD contractors. It's massive. And having this this trust but verify standard that the DOD is requiring is is a major change. So when you talk about trends and when you talk about um, what, what we're seeing from the regulator side, especially on the IT security front, uh, it, it is very much a trust but verify approach to make sure that that supply chains are protected. From, from exfiltration and, and from other tampering. Um, and we're seeing that very strongly. We're also seeing cybersecurity requirements flow into other regulatory frameworks. So we work a lot in financial services. So we're seeing cybersecurity standards pop up in, in regulatory frameworks around financial services, for example, in the New York State Department of fin- Financial Services, cyber requirements. So you're seeing that show up um, in a number of areas, some of which uh, overlap. So there's gonna be some overlap, for example, on the NIST framework and CMMC. There's, there's intentional overlap there, but you'll see a lot of those principles and a lot of those, those frameworks and standards and concepts rolling out into other regulatory frameworks as well.
0: It sounds like the uh, regulators are really uh, requiring companies to move forward in a very robust manner. Would that be a fair assessment?
1: It certainly is a fair assessment. And, and if this isn't an area that your organization is used to dealing with, this is where you, you know, it's time to take a step back and look at the tools that are available to you and make yourself attractive to do business with. And you asked before, um, one of the reasons why we publish our trust center. Again, it's a strong signal that we take this very seriously. <laughs> Uh, and I would encourage other businesses to to take a look at, at the same and making sure that they're comfortable not only with what the, the frameworks are that apply to them, but what they mean, why they're important, and how they can implement the requirements in a way that, that is just part of their DNA as a business or what we call a, a culture of compliance.
0: Well, so unfortunately, we're near the end of our time. But if I wondered if our listeners wanted any more information on uh, Infront or to take a look at the Trust Center, where could they go?
1: Certainly. So our trust center is published on our website at the, and you'll see it at the footer of our page with our other policies. And you can find us at www.infrontcompliance.com. That's I-N-F-R-O-N-T-C-O-M-P-L-I-A-N-C-E. All one word. Infrontcompliance.com. And then I can be reached directly with questions. And it's Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A, at Infrontcompliance.com.
0: Melissa, as we move forward to the reopening and uh, whatever the new normal may bring, I hope I could uh, perhaps call upon you for a discussion around these issues again.
1: We would always be happy to talk with you. We've been, I've enjoyed being on the podcast, and I really appreciate you having me. Thank you so much.
0: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance in Coronavirus. If you have any questions or you have a topic you would like explored on this podcast, please shoot me an email at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Also, as a call to action, I would ask if you could to please tell one of your friends about the podcast so we can spread the word out about the newest podcast on the Compliance Podcast Network. Also, if you would leave us a rating on iTunes or a review, it would greatly help get this word out about this most important podcast over the next several months. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me for our next episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. This podcast is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.